Let's go in-depth on all things Cyclones. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I am Travis Hines and this week Randy Peterson is not joining me. We've called in a uh, pinch hitter, sixth man. Uh, I don't know. His name's Tommy. Tommy Birch, how are you? I'm good. I'm inspired after after that nice intro. You know, I, I you was, could I was, have gone former co-host of the show. I was really leaning into it, and then I just really lost interest in in playing out the string of that introduction. I'm not going to be honest, or I will be honest. I, it, I, I really it wore me down there. I got to the the second sentence, and I just I had lost all interest. I mean, like former co-host, ex, you know, founder of the show. How about that? Well, at least we've taken it to another level, Randy and I. So, look at look at all that you have wrought. <laughs> plenty I'm to take your word for it. Plenty to talk about on this week's edition with the Iowa State men having a split week, while the Iowa State women's basketball team. It really kind of thrust itself back on the right side of the hosting bubble after an impressive week. But we're going to start over with TJ Otzelberger's crew that stopped its two-game losing streak with a win at Hilton Coliseum against TCU in the middle of the week before going down to Kansas State and putting together one of the terrible all-time second halves offensively, which is saying something from what we've seen from this program at times over the last year and a half in a loss to Kansas state. I, I think, you know, I was feeling relatively optimistic about this Iowa state team. And like the other part of this is before the Kansas state loss, the NCAA selection committee came out and said, they've got Iowa state on the three line, which is absolutely huge for Iowa state, which reemphasizes kind of, I think what we had thought about how the committee would view all its quad one wins and the strength of the big 12. So that is undeniably optimistic for Iowa State. But when I look back at the last week, yeah, you beat TCU, but you did so without Mike Miles, who, you know, is kind of the straw that straw that stirs the drink. Then you go down to Kansas State, play well for 20 minutes, and then completely have the bottom fall out for you for the last 20 minutes and some truly terrible offense and some concerning performances, frankly, you know, from Jaron Holmes and to some degree Gabe Kalsher, and you don't have Caleb Grill. Tommy, I've talked a lot here. Like I come out of last week feeling not pessimistic about where Iowa State is, but feeling like their ceiling is kind of inching lower on them as we come to the end of the year, which, you know, it's hard to separate fact from fiction and momentum from reality here when you get to this part of February where everything feels more acute, but really is some of the hardest times of the year and teams rally and teams get healthy and teams rev back up for the tournament. So I'm, I'm having a hard time what to make of this Iowa state team right now. Well, I mean, they did this last year, right? I mean, they hit a giant wall kind of was around this point last year too. And then I think last year's team though is different than this team's in that you're talking about a big 12 title championship run until last week. And now you're still talking about hosting in Des Moines or essentially hosting in Des Moines. So I think the stakes are a little bit higher than they were last year when we presume they were in the tournament, but knew that seeding was going to not be super advantageous for them. Yeah. But I think I'm just looking at it from a standpoint of like, okay, 
Um, I think TJ Altaberger kind of knows how to handle this type of situation of like, okay, hitting that wall, how to get through it and how not to, I guess, linger too far, you know, that they've had the experience and some of the guys still on the roster from last year, obviously not many that have been through this, you know, they've shown that they can overcome it. Now, to me, the biggest worry is not just that like, man, you're in a giant funk. It's this idea that, Man, when they get away from home Coliseum, like it is, is nine day difference. And think about what that means when you go to Kansas City. Think about what that means when you go to the you know the then CAA tournament as well. I mean, that's got to be a pretty scary thought for Iowa State fans moving forward, knowing that like okay, you aren't going to have the comfort of home Coliseum to help you when it comes to postseason play. Yeah, and I mean, I'm of of two minds here because they've been pretty good on the road. They haven't been able to finish it out, but like you look at what they've done on the road, they lose by two to Kansas. They're up at 16 at one point against Oklahoma State. I guess we'll throw out the Missouri game as a, you know, with no grill and a kind of a weird SEC challenge game. They're up 23 at, at Tech. They're in it till the last 30 seconds at West Virginia. And then they're up by 10 in the first half against Kansas State. Now you can say the flip side, like for whatever you thought they were doing well, you have to compound with that they were able to to find a way to give it away. But to me, it's just you have such an op, you've put yourself in such a great opportunity to be in Des Moines, which I think would be huge for Iowa State. And you look at all the close calls that they've had, the ones I just went over, the loss at home to Oklahoma State is a backbreaker. And it's just you look at it and the the close calls are just going to haunt you if you don't end up at Des Moines and Wells Fargo Arena next month because it's such it, it's right there for your taking. And frankly, a Big 12 title or at least a share of it was right there for the taking too if they could have just finished out. Now, again, probably unfair to put the bar there. Not probably. Un, unparalleled, unfair to put the bar there given the expectations for what this team – had going into the year, but man, when you have these opportunities, just like last year with Iowa state getting to the sweet 16, you put yourself in the position to have these opportunities. It just kills you when you can't, you know, get over the finish line. Yeah. I kind of get what you're saying about the idea that like, yeah, look at the expectations going into the season, but at the same time, like how many times do we hear teams say like, yeah, we don't pay attention to, expectations outside this room. This is what we believe in. This is what we think we can do. Obviously, Iowa State was a talented enough team to be in a place to compete for a Big 12 championship and be in a spot where it could be landing in Des Moines for the NCAA tournament. And those were missed opportunities that they let themselves they let slip away. You know, they shot themselves in the foot. They stumbled on the road. You know, I think Kind of like what you had said. Yeah, it's like, man, it's like five, six, seven plays almost. They're going to really haunt you if, one, you don't win the Big 12, two, you don't end up in Des Moines, and then three, if you don't make a good run in the NCAA tournament because um, you might be able to play it all back to the idea that, like, man, we didn't get into Des Moines. How does that impact your road to the Sweet 16 or, or whatever moving forward? It's the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Travis Hines and Tommy Birch here talking Iowa State men's basketball. We're going to talk about the surging women's program later in the program. 
But Tommy, I wanted to, to posit a hypothesis to you when I look at this team going down the stretch run of the regular season and into the, the postseason as well. And I think there's reason to be both optimistic and maybe be a little concerned if you're an Iowa State fan. The way I look at this team is that they're good at winning. They're not the most talented team. They don't do a lot of things well offensively. They do some things pretty well, but nothing elite. They're obviously really good on defense. But this is a team constructed not for style points. It's a team constructed to win, which sounds obvious, but sometimes I think if just look around the country, sometimes that's not always the case, or that might be the goal when you start out, but it ultimately isn't what you comes to fruition. You don't think Steve Prohm's teams were built to win towards the end? I, I think they had some issues, but my point is, <laughs> is that it's intricately constructed in that the sum is greater than the parts of the whole. And when you take a Caleb grill out, I think because of the way Iowa state is playing because of to steal a Matt Campbell term, the margins in which they're operating and the difference between winning and losing being so small, because this is not a wildly talented team or a team that is going to, you know, just get hot one night from three and bond their way to, to victory that you take out a Caleb grill and the minutes that he is now missing the 35 to 37 minutes ask so much more of guys already being asked to basically operate at their peak performance. And now you're asking them to go past hundred percent. You're asking them to go out of the role that has made them so good as a team over the course of, you know, what, 25 games now, 26 games that the problems kind of compound on each other pretty quickly. You know, I think it, like the way I wrote about it after Saturday is that it's, cascading you take grill out and now you know you've got jazz Koontz back but he's not a guard he's a forward you're going to have spacing issues you're going to have defensive issues on the perimeter and then you saw what happened that the last two games really uh you know tcu what was it that was were they okay well anyway holmes and kalsher were six of 30 against tcu and Taman Lipsy had six turnovers and looked rattled down the stretch of the game, kind of like he did at Texas Tech. And I just wonder, when you take Grill out, you're taking out a shooter, you're taking out a ball handler, and you're taking out a perimeter defender, that the way Iowa State has to reconfigure itself with not really being able to play four guards, with having, you know, Poonch, you know, having to play power forward where I think like it would make more sense for Iowa state to play him at center. Sometimes that you're just getting further and further away from what's made Iowa state so good over the course of the season that you pull out one piece. And to me, the whole operation grinds to a halt. You know, you can't pull out the one gear, you pull out the gear and the whole machinery just halts. And I, I think you're seeing that to some degree, not only with grill being gone, on Saturday, but with, you know, just that he was obviously injured in games against Oklahoma state TCU think back to the layup. He missed late at West Virginia. You know, that back is obviously problematic for him. So just to me, you take him out of the equation and things get really hairy, really quick. And I think you could say that by just about any other starter, you take out any of the starters that Iowa state has. Um, and with maybe the exception of Kunch, just because we saw them do that for a month, but you take out any of the other four starters, and I think things get really difficult for Iowa State. 
Yeah, and I think that kind of brings up an interesting predicament, too, where it's like, okay, at this point in the season, like, how healthy is Caleb Grill going to be? You know, like, you want to get him rest so he is ready for the NCAA tournament. You know, that's that's the ultimate prize. That is what, you know, you want to be playing for. But also, there's still so much at stake, too, where you're still kind of in the hunt for a Big 12 title. You've got Des Moines kind of dangling out there as well. Um but one, how useful is he going to be when he's obviously not close to 100%? And two, like, can you afford to rest him up during that time? You know, it's a it's a really tough decision. And, you know, it's pretty clear, like you had said, the impact he's having because, you know, when he has been dinged up, we've seen a couple of Tame and Lipsy's worst games. Now, is that product of kind of the end of the Big 12 season, the, the end of a long um <clears throat> You know, first college season, I don't know. But obviously, like you said, you take such an important piece of the puzzle out like Caleb Grill, it's going to have a gigantic impact on everything. And I think you also are seeing the long tail of events and decisions made and that happened over the summer. I mean, you look at, you know, the, the obvious one being Jeremiah Williams blowing out his Achilles. Yes, Taman Lipsy has been great this year. He has been better than they could have ever hoped. But part of the problem is when you take when you have 13 scholarships and you take your starting point guard out, now you're down to 12 and now your guard uh depth is really imperiled. So now you take another guard out in Caleb Grill and you know where do you turn? Like I think Demarian Watson has a bright future for Iowa State, but I and I don't think he's ready to contribute a ton of minutes to a winning team right now. They obviously don't think you know, Eli King has been a guy that could help them this year. He's hardly played. And those are your guards. Like there is no other option there, you know, and it's just, you look at, you know, the, the guys in the front court that they have, that they don't feel like, you know, like Hassan Ward hasn't played, you know, it seems like, I think he got in for three minutes against West, uh, West Virginia. You know, they've just got depth issues now at, in the backcourt. And it's just compounded by things that have happened. And, you know, I think everybody in college basketball probably goes through this at one point, but I just, Iowa state was always one guard injury away from being in big trouble. Like, and Caleb grill was probably the most dispensable one of them. And I say that, you know, sort of tongue in cheek because obviously he's so important, but you look at like, if they lose Lipsy, they are in major trouble because they don't have a, another point guard. They lose Holmes, they're in major tr- trouble because he's kind of been their their bulldog playmaker. They lose Kalsher, they're in big trouble because of what he's done uh, from the three point range and putting the ball in the basket for them. That you know, just they've kind of been walking on a high wire in terms of their guard depth, and you know they've stumbled here a little bit because of Grill's back. And I think to your point you got to rest him up. You got to have him available to the NCAA tournament. I think, you know, I've, I've gone back and forth on, you know, what's more important in terms of Iowa state winning and losing games. Obviously Caleb grills like long-term health should be number one for them. But you know, if, if it's the question of you get 75% of Caleb grill for the rest of the year, or you get a hundred percent of them for the NCAA tournament, man, like you look at how struggling it has been for them that you just, you would look at that. And I think that's a pretty difficult choice for Caleb and for that coaching staff, you know, about what are you getting and what can you get, you know, if you give them a week or two weeks off. Well, and you look back on it, it's kind of a minor miracle that they have gone through the season without the lack of depth that they have given the style of play that they have in the league that they play in. 
Yeah. And I mean, obviously Kunch being out for, uh, for a month hurt him, but like that, again, like you probably had more room to work with in your front court there, especially when Trey King became uh, available. I, you know, it was always, I mean, even going into the season, I remember talking to the coaching staff and they were acutely aware of how thin they were at the guard position and how an injury could really set them back. And they're kind of living that right now. Iowa state goes to Texas on Tuesday. I will be there to bring you all your Iowa state longhorn coverage needs. But when we come back, we're going to switch gears here and talk about Bill Fennelly's women's basketball program on the cyclone insider radio hour from the Des Moines register here on one Oh six, three FM and 1460 KXNL. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. If you missed any of our discussion to start the show about the Iowa State men's basketball program, be sure to check out the podcast wherever it is you download and listen and subscribe to your podcast. You'll find us there, Cyclone Insider Hour. Now we're going to talk about the Iowa State women's basketball program that bounced back from probably the nadir of their season with three straight losses, with two huge wins last week over Texas and Baylor. Tommy set the scene for us a little bit. You know, when we talked last week, you know, it felt like Iowa State was in some pretty precarious position about what previously felt safe and that they would be hosting games at NCAA at Hilton Coliseum. But now maybe back on the right side after that three-game slide with those two huge wins last week. Yeah, I mean, that three-game losing streak just absolutely killed Iowa State and kind of what they were aiming for. It nearly derailed the entire season. They really slid from the Big 12 uh, regular season race. They dropped out of the picture to host, but... Look, if they wanted to get back into, you know, the Big 12 race is probably um, too far out of reach uh, for them. You know, they've they've still got to catch up to Texas. They've still got to catch up to Oklahoma. Um, I would say essentially has to win out and to get some help um, to be able to do that. But so uh, let's just take that part out of the equation. But hosting, if they were going to host the NCAA tournament, they had to win at home against Texas, and they had to win at Baylor. They lost either of those two games, which was going to be a tall task to ask them, given that they had just gotten beat on the road. They had gotten beat on the road at Texas. They had gotten beat at home by Baylor. So to to ask them to win both those games in the same week was going to be a tall task, but they did. So now. Barring anything gigantic, you know, a major slip up, and I mean by losing at against TCU or losing against Texas Tech, uh, they're probably going to host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. What what has kind of sparked this resurgence here? I mean, is it just you know were those schedule losses, those three, and this is them getting back to form, or what's been the, the key here? I mean, they were bad losses. I mean, they <laughs> they were ones that you would have gone into the season saying like, okay, they're going to win uh, against K-State. They they might win at Baylor. They probably should win um, against Baylor at home. It was just a really bad losing streak, I think. I don't know if it was kind of that week-long break that kind of got them re-energized and got them a second win, but – Last two games, they've been shooting it really well from three-point range. That's been their giant bugaboo the entire season. 
which is really crazy to think when you have like this long history of scores and Ashley Jones, Lexi Darnarski, Emily Ryan, and all really good three-point shooters. They did last year. They did in high school. They've done it basically their whole lives. But this year, um, this entire Iowa State team has struggled massively from three-point range. And especially now when you don't have Stephanie Suarez, you don't have strength, you don't have size, you don't have a big presence in the post, like you are relying on that three-point shooting more than ever. So now that they've kind of gotten it going over the last couple of games, that's been the difference maker. So if they can keep doing it, they're going to be in a really good position. But it's really hard to buy into the idea of like, okay, those issues are are fixed because right now we're going off two straight games where we have kind of a whole season of problems to fall back on. What do you look for this week, starting with uh, the game Wednesday against Oklahoma State? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be – that's that's not a, a you know, must win. I think they're uh, – Iowa State has some room for slip-ups here. You know, they can lose at Texas Tech – they can probably lose at Kansas. They probably can't lose at both those games. You know, they, they, they got to pick up a road win there. They've got to be TCU and they've got to beat Texas Tech at home. I would say they win three of those final four games. And they're going to be hosting. If they they go two and two during that stretch, it might get a little more dicey. And that might mean like, okay, hey, you got to win a game at the Big 12 tournament to get into that hosting spot. But it is pretty amazing that they're even in this position given like a week ago, it seemed pretty much destined that they were going to be going somewhere um, during the, the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, which is monumental for Iowa State because they, like the men, have played their best basketball at home. Yeah, and they're going to be able to draw like huge numbers of of fans to those games too. Those are going to be like true intimidating. Uh, well, and I kind of wonder how games. much that plays into it too. You know, if if Iowa State is like a fringe, like four or five seed, is the NCAA tournament committee, even though they're not supposed to be taking into account like okay, what type of fans are we going to draw here realistically? that's probably going to play a, you know, a, a point in the conversation where you're going to want fans during those first two rounds. Um, so when you're televising those games, it's not looking like you're watching a completely empty gym. So that might be like an extra characteristic that um, Iowa State kind of has in its back pocket too. Tommy with the tinfoil hack conspiracy theory on NCAA tournament seating. But, you know, I appreciate your honesty and your uh, and your ability of just calling out the NCAA for basic corruption right there. My goodness, man. <laughs> yeah, this I is, mean, I don't – this is how you should promote the show. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. He's Tommy Birch. I'm Travis Hines. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.